So we're going to carry on with uh, our series today. It's uh, Unlikely Heroes. But, uh, and so I am talking about Esther, and I've titled the, the message, uh, The Brave Beauty. And, and so she was beautiful. But, uh, and so on the back of your bulletins, you can uh, find an outline in which you can follow along with the for this morning. While the party aboard ship was in full swing, speeches were being made by the captain, the crew, and the guests enjoying the week-long voyage. Sitting at the head of the table was a 70-year-old man who, somewhat embarrassed, was doing his best to accept the praise being poured on him. Well, earlier that morning, a young woman had apparently fallen overboard, and within seconds, this elderly gentleman was in the cold, dark waters at her side. The woman was rescued, and the elderly man became an instant hero. Well, when time finally came for the brave passenger to speak, the stateroom fell into a hush. As he rose from his chair, he went to the microphone, and in what was probably the shortest hero's speech ever offered, spoke these stirring words. I just want to know one thing. Who pushed me? (laughs) You never know when you might become a hero. (laughs) And so as we carry on with uh, our series on unlikely heroes, I want to focus on the life of Esther. Uh, who became a hero to the Jewish people. Last week I focused on the life of Joseph as he had become a hero as well in his own respect, one who had persevered, while Esther, in her right, became the hero at this point in time. Esther was a Jew who lived in the kingdom of Persia and Media. She was not in her homeland. She had lost both her parents when she was young, and she was raised by her cousin Mordecai. Well, her story begins when Queen Vashti is ousted from her position as queen for offending the king, when you read in Esther chapter 1, verse 19. And so a beauty pageant of sorts uh, ensues, and Esther, a young, beautiful girl, is chosen by King Xerxes to be his wife and queen, as you see in chapter 2, verse 17. She enjoyed favorable status until one day when her cousin Mordecai becomes entrapped by an evil plot by Haman, who is one of the king's uh, leaders, key leaders, uh, to not only hang uh, Mordecai on the gallows, but to annihilate the entire Jewish people. And so in Esther chapter 3, 5 and 6, it says, When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing uh, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. And so stricken by grief for his own people, Mordecai urges his cousin Esther, to approach the king and spare his people, their people, the Jewish people, from destruction. And it is at this point that I want to pick up the story of Esther and her reply to Mordecai. So if you have your Bibles here this morning or on your phones, uh, you can turn to Esther chapter 4, verses 9 to 16. And this is kind of the, the key passage we're going to focus on this morning as we look at Esther, the brave beauty. 
So starting in uh, verse 9 of chapter 4, it begins by saying, Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But thirty days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Well, when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer, Do not think, because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Let's uh, open in prayer before we carry on. Father, today, as we look at this passage of Scripture... We all face areas in our lives in which we need courage. We need to bravely stand to be able to push through uh, things in our lives that maybe scare us, fears that crop up in our lives. And so today, whatever fears maybe that we are facing, that you would help us to work through those and, Lord, to overcome them through your power. And so I pray that uh, through your word today that you would just uh, challenge us, uh, work in our lives to deepen our faith in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, courage is what I want to talk. Last week I talked on perseverance. Today I want to talk what it means to have courage. And courage is the internal, having the internal strength to overcome fear, difficulty, and dangerous situations sometimes in order to move forward with what needs to be done. And in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, God says, I've commanded you to be strong and brave. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. I am the Lord, your God, and I will be there to help you wherever you go. So when we look at the life of Esther, you know, Esther was an ordinary person called to an unordinary position to accomplish an extraordinary purpose. And her assignment was perilous, and she needed courage to overcome her fears in what needed to be done. And so you might have fears here today, trying to work through an issue, trying to move ahead and doing whatever it might be. What are those? How do you work through them? Nelson Mandela, who fought apartheid in South Africa, and he was in prison for 27 years in this, and some of you may have seen some of the tour, but this tiny little cell that he was in for 27 years. Well, he learned what courage meant, and he once said, I learned that courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man or woman is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. You know, for Esther, she had to muster courage, overcome fear, 
and be braver than her ordinary self to really change the future of her people. And like the opening illustration where that elderly gentleman was pushed by someone else into the waters, well, some, uh, sometimes it takes an outside push to move you to the place where you need to be. So where are you today? Maybe it took someone to push you, challenge you, encourage you to go that route. You know, for Esther, it was her cousin Mordecai who pushed her to take up the challenge and rescue her people. You know, from her life, I want to look at what courage looked like in her life. Uh, Three areas. We all have to face this. And so uh, I want to look at three risks that uh, you may need to take to bravely follow God and make a difference in the life of someone else. And so one of the first risks uh, that Esther did, and you may be called to take as well, is simply being willing to risk physical safety. Esther was willing to approach the king even though she knew this action cost, would, could cost her life. And so unless the king extended the golden scepter to her, the law of the Medes and Persians was death for anyone who brazenly came into the king's permission without his uh, permission, uh, including the queen. And so Esther says, she finally comes to that point, and I'm sure it took a lot of courage, but she says, if I perish, I perish. You know, she was willing to risk her physical safety for the lives of her people. Like Esther, throughout history, women have courageously risked their physical safety to bravely stand up for a cause or an issue of injustice. And so, uh, kind of throughout the sermon, I want to play a little bit of a guess who game as well with certain women throughout history. And so the first one might be tough to tell because it's kind of a, it's probably not really her, but um, anybody have an idea who that might be? Oh, wow, you guys are good. Joan of Arc. I didn't think anybody would get that one. You know, Joan of Arc is a French heroine and um, Roman Catholic saint. She achieved more in her short life of 19 years than most do in a lifetime. And she once wrote, one life is all we have and we live it as we believe in living it. But to sacrifice what you are and to live without belief, that is a fate more terrible than dying. You see, Joan of Arc embodied religious devotion with great bravery and humility and helped change the course of French history at 19 years of age. And at that time, France was divided with the lack of national unity. And the English under King Henry V had invaded France in 1415. Well, at the age of 12, uh, through a series of visions that God began to give to Joan of Arc, uh, she felt God calling her to renew the French nation. Well, at age 12, yeah, it's hard to probably muster courage to think, how am I going to do this to change a, you know, the life of a nation? Well, finally at age 17, she was given an audience with the French ruler Charles uh, de Pontheu. I'm not good at French, so I don't know if I pronounced that right. Is that, is that good, Howard? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Anyway, she approached, the, she was given an audience with Charles de Pontheu, and it is said that Joan of Arc made such a strong impression with her passion and conviction that Charles gave her control 
over an army and allowed, and allowed her to lead them into battle at age 18, uh, 17, 18. And within a year, Joan of Arc le- had led the French army to victories at Orleans, Pate, and Troy. Uh, many other towns were also liberated from English control. Well, ultimately, Joan of Arc perished. Her physical, she put her physical safety at risk and she was burned at the stake by the English on May 30th, 1431. You know, her life and death has left a legacy for women to follow the convictions of their heart and bravely take a stand for what is right. Joan of Arc did that and she changed the course of French history. This next uh, woman, anybody recognize her? Good, because I was having trouble pronouncing that name, Malala. Malala Yousafzai, something like that. I know my kids were bugging me on that one. <laughs> but she is, a, she is the young girl from Pakistan who was shot three times in the head on October 9th, 2012 by a gunman who came onto her school bus in Pakistan. Her crime, well, she was shot for speaking out about education for girls. That day, however, fear lost and bravery triumphed. She survived and is now an ambassador for women's rights across the world. And she has said, I don't want to be remembered as the girl who was shot. I want to be remembered as the girl who stood up. And so like Esther, Esther stood up to what it could have cost her, her physical life, physical safety, and yet she did it for others. And God might be calling you to take that risk into someone else's life as well. Secondly, we find in Esther's life, she was willing to risk her vocational safety. You know, in one of my uh, first ministry settings as a lead pastor, uh, I had to take the initiative in correcting a situation that was awfully, awfully wrong. And it meant that I had to open up the church to an investigation into uh, the misappropriation of funds from the church treasury. And it was not easy for me, uh, being in this smaller church where everyone was related, uh, everyone related on the board. And at first, no one believed me. And so I had to endure face-to-face insults, um, behind-the-back slander, and rejection of all sorts. It, It took deep courage for me to stand in that situation because I knew what was happening. I couldn't point it out exactly, but I knew what was going on. And it took courage for me to stand up for the innocent that day. Uh, You know, the innocent, those who were giving their charitable donations, and it was being um, misused. And so, although I stood up, and eventually it was found out uh, that the church treasurer was uh, uh, taking funds from uh, donations and that, Although it didn't cost me my life, it did cost me my job. And so I had to risk my vocational safety to be able to stand up for what was right. You might have to do the same thing in your own life as well. You know, for Esther, this was really a test of self-preservation. She could deny the Jews' plight and save her position as queen, or she could take a stand and lose her status as queen, but rescue the lives of innocent people. So there's that choice in life, in our lives sometimes. What are you going to choose, safety or you know, doing something that is right? 
In Esther chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, it says, Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman the Agagite, which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she arose and stood before him. You know, her decision to be courageous that moment and stand up for her people was the difference maker. You know, through her act of bravery, the Israelite people were rescued from a disastrous outcome, and Haman was hanged, you know, for his evil plot. There are times when God may or will lead you to certain places and prepare you for certain things to help right the injustices that innocent people face. You know, God led Esther. You know, why was a young girl like Esther chosen? Well, she came to that place for such a time as this. And so he led her and prepared her for this moment in her life. A couple other women that also had to go through challenges in their lives. Uh, This woman, anybody identify? Part? Uh, part of the civil rights movement, Rosa Parks. You know, she stood up for her people. And, and known as the first lady of the civil rights movement, her single reply of, no, I'm not, sparked a movement when she refused to give up her seat when the bus driver approached her to say, you got to give up the seat because there was a white person standing. And so she said, no, I'm not. And she says of that day, all I was doing was trying to get home from work. And so she put her vocational safety on the line because of what she did that day. She said, I want or I would like to be remembered as a person who wanted to be free and so other people would be also free. And we know from that courageous act of Rosa Parks, it made a difference. The civil rights movement went forward with Martin Luther King, and changes finally happened because one woman decided to make a change, to stand courageously. This other uh, next lady is Amelia Earhart, yes. She broke new ground for women. Uh, in aviation, and she was the first female aviator to fly solo across the Atlantic in 1928. She once said, the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. The fears are paper tigers. She also said, women must try to do things as men have tried. When they fail, their failure must be but a challenge to others. You know, in 1937, Unfortunately, her career was ended. Her vocational uh, career came to an end as she disappeared over the ocean while trying to circumnavigate the globe. And so like Esther, many women throughout history, many men throughout history have put their vocational uh, safety at risk to stand up for what was right. And then finally, Esther we may have to also, like her, be willing to risk reputational safety. Martin uh, Niemöller said, in Germany, the Nazis came for the communists, and I didn't speak up because I was not a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because 
I was not a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, and I, a Protestant, didn't speak up. Then they came for me. Well, by that time, there was no one to speak up for anyone. You know, Dante said the hottest place in hell is reserved for those who in a time of crisis preserve their neutrality. Esther lived in a country that was not favorable to the Jews, and to mention her background would have uh, barred her from becoming King Xerxes' wife and queen. And at that moment, at the beginning, it was advantageous for her to remain silent as Mordecai had instructed her. In Esther chapter 2, verse 10, it notes, Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. But the time came, however, when Esther could no longer hide her identity and remain silent if innocent people were to be rescued. She could no longer preserve her neutrality. You know, Esther chapter 7, verses 3 and 4 It states, then, Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. This is my petition. And spare my people, this is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7, where it talks about there's a time for everything. But in verse 7 it says, there is a time to be silent and there is a time to speak. You know, there will come times when you will have to risk your reputation to defend the innocent and stand up for what is right. And so there will come times in your life to do so. Uh, Two other women I want to focus on here this morning. Uh, This person, anybody recognize Madam Curry, Marie Curry. She had to break the barrier of a working mother to do research that would save millions. Uh, She once said, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. Yet it was not easy in that day of hers to do what she could do or wanted to do. Uh, She was often looked down by her male colleagues and criticized, criticized by other women for working outside the home. And yet she felt called to do this work as a scientist. And her, her tenacious spirit set her apart from her male uh, counterparts. And she went on to win two Nobel Prizes, uh, Peace Prizes in 1903 and 1911. Her work contributed to the development of x-rays and surgery, so probably many of us, maybe all of us, have gone through some x-ray of some sort in our lives. Well, it was her work that was able to establish uh, these things that we have today, and the equipping of ambulances with this technology. She risked her reputation, regardless of what people were saying about her, to be able to do what was good. And then this uh, next uh, lady here, Here we go. Anybody recognize who that is? Not really in the news. Goes back a few years. Her name is Tarana Burke. 
who survived a sexual assault coined the phrase Me Too. I'm sure we've all heard of Me Too, but she coined that phrase in 2006 uh, to support women who face sexual violence. The movement has, you know, as we all know, has reignited in the last two years. And, you know, far too long, women have suffered in silence for all the abuse and sexual exploitation they have endured often from others in authority. And it truly takes guts to risk your reputation and relive your story in a public way. Many of these women that are coming forth these days, they're risking their reputational safety. It takes guts to be able to stand up for that. Burke says what she said, we want safety. We want healing. We want accountability. We want closure. We want to live a life free from shame. And so we salute these women for their bravery to stand up against sexual exploitation and harassment in the workplace and other organizations. And it happens so, so much. And women are living in silence, but others are standing up. And it's creating a movement where women are now free to share what has happened in their lives. And so, like Esther, like some of these other women, you may need to risk your reputational safety in order to deal with some unjust situation. As I close this morning, it was a test all of us would hope to pass, but none of us really wants to take. A masked gunman points his weapon at a Christian and asks, do you believe in God? She knows that if she says yes, she will pay with her life, but unfaithfulness to her Lord is unthinkable. So with what would be her last word, she calmly answers, yes, I believe in God. You know, almost 20 years ago, two students at the Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado, in anger, shot and killed 13 people. And of these 13 people, it is said that eight were Christians. Among them was Cassie Bernal. And it was Cassie who made the dramatic decision to bravely stand for God. It's not easy standing for God in our culture, in our day, but especially in a situation like that. You know, Cassie was a 17-year-old junior with long blonde hair that she wanted to cut off and turn into wigs for cancer uh, patients. She was active in her youth group and was known for carrying a Bible to school. Well, Cassie was in the school library reading her Bible that day when the two killers burst in. According to witnesses, one of the killers pointed his gun at Cassie and asked, Do you believe in God? Well, Cassie paused and then answered, Yes, I believe in God. Why, the gunman asked. But before Cassie had a chance to respond, the gunman shot her dead. One witness said she completely stood up for God. When the killers asked her if there was anyone who had faith in Christ, she spoke up and they shot her for it. Cassie's martyrdom, when you look at it, was even more remarkable. For just a few years earlier, she had dabbled in the occult, including witchcraft. And she she embraced the same darkness that these killers embraced. But two years before her death, She gave her life to Christ, and her life turned around, and she became a light for.
before Christ. You know, on the night of her death, Cassie's brother went into her room and he found a poem that she had written just two days prior to this death, not knowing what she was writing was going to come true. And this is what her poem read. It said, Now I have given up on everything else. I have found it to be the only way to really know Christ and to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again and to find out what it means to suffer and to die with him. So whatever it takes, I will be the one who lives in the fresh newness of life of those who are alive from the dead. Little did Cassie know that two days later, she would die for Christ. We never know what's coming next in our lives. We never know what we have to face. It does take courage to overcome these fears. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 says, Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be strong. You know, Cassie's actions, like Esther and so many other women, show us the courageous commitment needed to make a difference. Esther, the beauty, the brave beauty, rose to the challenge, even when it could have cost her her life, her position, and her reputation. You know, there are times when you need to bravely stand for something or someone that will risk your livelihood, your position, or popularity. You know, it might be risking your physical safety to free someone from a dire situation. It might be risking your vocational safety to stand up against injustices in your workplace. Or it might be risking your reputational safety to identify as a follower of Jesus. You know, Jesus himself, he risked all these things. He risked physical safety as he died on the cross for you and I. He risked having a career that could have gone on. He was offered, Satan tempted him, you could have all the kingdoms of the world. And yet Jesus said, no, I worship God only. And he risked his reputational safety. You know, it didn't matter to Jesus if he hung out with a tax collector and sinner. It was about people. It wasn't about his, who he was and his position. And so this morning, as we have some take-home questions, as we reflect, what do you need to do today? Who do you need to stand up for? Where do you need to be brave and strong? What courageous steps is God calling you to take today? And so like Esther, God has placed you in this generation for a purpose. You've been born for such a time as this. And so use your time wisely, courageously with God. Let's pray. Father, today, all of us fear in different ways. It's hard to step up to the challenges that are before us. It's hard to defend the innocent at times. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a spirit of courage, a spirit of bravery, like Esther and like so many others throughout history, Lord, that we might make a difference for the things that you call us to and that we might walk forward and, Lord, make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.